It's one of the burdens that we have in our life is we have to go to Hawaii to minister. You can pray for us. This is, this is a terrible cross to carry. But we, we went, we went to Hawaii and we, I am speaking at the Moaloa Gardens Missionary Church where our friend Kyle Chinon is. And now, now the difficulty is that I have been there now many times. Now after you've been to a place many times, you use all the material that you have. You know, I've done all the discerning things, all the angels things, all, I've done all my sermons that I've done, and I get to Monday night, and the word has gone out that I'm there, and over 200 people, in fact, I think it was 250 people come on a Monday night to hear me do what I don't know what I'm gonna do. And so, Cal comes out, and we're standing outside of the, the church, and of course, it's always a wonderful day in Hawaii. Temperature is wonderful, I'm standing there, and, I, and I, I'm still praying. And I have all these people inside, and I do not know what I'm going to do. This is, this is not a fun job sometimes. So I, I'm standing there talking to him, and all of a sudden I realize that I am discerning every spiritual being that the Lord has taught me to discern over the last 10 plus years. They're all there. And then I knew what I was supposed to do. Now right now, the same thing is taking place. So there's angels here, there's seraphim here, there's cherubim here, the elders are here. The powers are here. Spiritual forces are here. They're all here. And now we're going up. I should feel we're going up right now. The Lord is taking us in as a group into the heavenly places. There's an amazing thing about our Lord. There's many amazing things about Him, of course. But there's an amazing thing about our our Lord is He wants us to participate in what happens in heaven. Now, a lot of you do a lot of reading and you read about the prophets and I'm talking about the current day prophets and how some go in and they're actually part of councils and uh, they go into court and all that. That's where we're going. But this is not about them, it's about us. Because we have some issues to discuss with the Lord. And if you are honest, you have some things that you want to discuss with the Lord. Now, a council in heaven is a biblical thing. I want you to just look at some scriptures with me. I want to set a biblical foundation for what we're going to experience. And incidentally, we're going to end tonight. We're going to do an impartation, if you like, and we'll pray for you. But before, between now and then, we're going to do some, some talking with the Lord. Psalm 89.7. We'll be looking at many scriptures. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. 
Now, as a, as a Baptist, we are taught in the sky by and by. But you see, it's not by and by, it's now. Because the Bible says we are now seated with Christ in heavenly places. Right? So it's not by and by, it's now. Now, we, had, we do not have an awareness totally of the heavenly places. But now the way I feel it is I feel anointing evenly on my head. So we are now in those heavenly places. We're right there. I don't know how many of you are there with us right now, but I know I'm there. Okay, look at Isaiah 14, 13. Isaiah 14, 13. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven... Of course, this is talking about Lucifer. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation. That's the phrase I want you to notice. This. There's a mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. Daniel 7. Daniel chapter 7, verse 7. After this, I saw in the night of visions, behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong, it had huge iron teeth, it was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with his feet. It was different from all the other beasts that were, were before it, and had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one coming up among them, before whom three of the f- first horns were plucked out by the roots, and there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, a mouth speaking pompous words. Now look at this. I watched till thrones were put in place. And the Ancient of Days was seated, his garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery throne, its wheels a burning fire, and a fiery stream. We've actually discerned this stream sometimes shows up in meetings. It's a fiery river, a fiery stream, issued forth and came forth from before him, and a thousand and thousands ministered to him, ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were open. First Kings twenty two. This is a very bizarre scripture. 1 Kings 22. Verse 19. The Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing by on his right hand and his left. And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab to go up, that he might fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one spoke in this manner, another spoke in that manner. Now, I want you to understand this. The Lord is having a council meeting. But there are not only righteous beings, there are also unrighteous beings present that sit on the council. Now, this is a bizarre thing for me. The king of the universe is having a meeting and he's asking the advice and questions 
and, and asking questions that he expect, expects a response from, from those that are sitting on the council. Now this is really strange, but it's here in the scripture, 21. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said to him, in what way? And he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord says, you shall persuade him, and so also prevail. Go out and do so. So here you have unrighteous spirit agreeing to do what God says needs to be done. And this is all, and he's getting, see, see here again, it says, and one spoke and another spoke. So they're, they're discussing this. This is an amazing thing. The Lord is interested in what we think. Isn't that bizarre? Okay, Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to, to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and not received his mark on their forehead, were on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Now, again, thrones are set up, and judgments are made. We are told that we are going to judge the angels. Right? Okay, Psalm 82. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. Another translation says, God stands in the council of gods. He judges among the gods, how long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked, defend the poor and fathers, do justice to the afflicted and needy, deliver the poor and needy, feed, free them from the hands of the wicked. They do not know nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. I said, you are gods, and all of your children are the most high God, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. Now it says that God stands in the council of the gods. Psalm 83. Do not keep silent, O God, do not hold your peace, and do not be still, O God, for behold, your enemies make tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their heads. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted against your sheltered ones. They have said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of God may be also remembered no more. For they have consulted together with one consent. They form a conspiracy against you, the tents of Edom and Ishmaelites, Moab and Hagrites, uh, Gebel, Ammon and Amalek, Philistia, but the inhabitants of Tyre, Assyria also joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot deal with them as with me. And so it goes on and on and gone. And here we have petition now. I want you to start noticing this. Petition being made to God. Job 1.6, you remember that? That the sons of God, what? Came together and Lucifer was with him. Psalm 1.
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his, his fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Notice this. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor in the seat of the scornful, but he's like a tree planted. Verse 5, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. So there's a righteous congregation. And finally, Genesis 18.25. Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of the earth do right? As I was dealing with this in Hawaii, this thought came to me. Lord, there is a complaint that we have against you. Lord, there is a complaint. Now, he is interested in our complaint. And I believe that we are now coming into a position where we have a right to stand before the judge and in the blood of Jesus Christ declare that it's time for it to stop. That the enemy has no more right because of what Christ has done on the cross. You see... In the book of Joshua, the Lord says, Do not be discouraged. But I I have a word I felt earlier today that you're discouraged. Let's be honest. You see, we're not used to being honest in the church. Perhaps right now you have a complaint. Now, it's not a complaint done in anger or frustration of the Lord. It's a complaint really towards God against the enemy. Because because there are things that are taking place in your life, in your spouse's life, in your family's life, in your financial life, in every other aspect of your life, things that are taking place that you realize ought not to be happening. Because we have the Word, and the Word says that it should be like this, and yet it appears to be, and it is, like this which is the exact opposite of this. Now, is this biblical? It is. Look at Job 10. Job chapter 10. My soul lulls my life. I will give free course to my complaint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say to God, do not condemn me. Show me why you contend with me. Does it seem good to you that you should oppress, that you should despise the work of your hands and smile the counsel of the wicked? Do you have eyes of flesh or do you see as man sees? Are your days like the days of a mortal man? Are your years like the days of a mighty man? That you should seek for my iniquity and search out my sin, although you know that I am not wicked, 
and there is not there is no one who can deliver from my, your hand. Your hands have made me and fashioned me an intricate unity. Yet you would destroy me. Remember, I pray that you have made me like clay. And will you turn me into dust again? Did you not pour me out like milk and curdle me like cheese? Clothe me with skin and flesh and knit me together with the bones and sinews? You have granted me life and favor, and your care has preserved my spirit. And these things have hidden in your heart. I know that this was you with you. If I sin, then you mark me and will not acquit me out of my iniquity. If I am wicked, woe to me. Even if I am righteous, I cannot lift my head. I am full of disgrace. See my misery in my head. If my head is exalted, you hunt me like a fierce lion. And again you show yourself awesome against me. You renew your witnesses against me and increase your indignation towards me. Changes and war are ever with me. Why then have you brought me out of the womb? Oh, that I had perished and no had no eye had seen me. I would have been as though I had not been, and I would have been carried from the womb to the grave. Are not my days few? Cease. Leave me alone that I may take a little comfort. Go to Psalm 55. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. I am restless in my complaint. What? I am restless in my what? Complaint. And moan, moan nosily because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. See, this is the reason. For they bring down trouble upon me, and wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear... Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. Oh, I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and the tempest. Psalm 64. Hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the rebellion of the workers of iniquity, who sharpen their tongues like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows. Bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the blameless. Son, they shoot at him and do not fear. They encourage themselves in evil matters. They talk of lame snares secretly. They say, who will see them? They devise iniquities. And so on and on he goes. And finally, Psalm 142. I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With a voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before Him. I declare before Him my trouble. And my spirit was overwhelmed within me. Then you knew my path and the way in which I walk. They have secretly set a snare for me. And on and on it goes. This is heavy stuff, isn't it? But we need to deal honestly because we cannot go out as an army discouraged because of what is not taking place in our lives. You see, there needs to be a connection between our Christian life and reality. Let me say that again. There needs to be a connection between our Christian life and our reality. Our, Our reality is... We are depressed, 
we're unhappy, we're financially in trouble, my marriage is not good, my kids have gone off astray, I can't get along with my grandparents, I don't like my relatives. And yet we come to church and we sing and we smile and we look nice. Tell the truth. That's a good word. Tell the truth. Now the good news is God's not surprised about any of this. And I think he's saying to us, why haven't you come and complained to me? Will not the king of the universe do right? We're going to do something. Always makes me nervous when I say that. (laughs) But I know, I know that I know that I know, it's like Rich said that, I know that I know that I know that the, that the spiritual beings are here. We have the heavenly council present. But you see, we are already seated in heavenly places, and so we are going to sit as a council. I've done this once before. And we'll see what's going to be done another time after this. <laughs> I'd like for these names that I call, if you would take your seat and bring them on the platform in a semicircle. Because you're going to be a part of a round table. Okay, Rich? You knew that, didn't you? <laughs> okay, would you take your chair? Steve? And we're going to have Steve in here? I need Steve. Okay, Doreen, well, you go get him, then you can come. Okay, Linda Fembris. And please, uh, let me cast off rejection right now off you, if you're not not picked. I don't want to have to deal with that, too. Well, maybe maybe that might be your complaint. Okay, Linda Fembris, um, Jack and Barbara. Is Jack here? Um, Lester? <laughs> I've lost everybody in the sermon. <laughs> He'll be back. Can you get him? <laughs> okay. Um, and Sandy, we'd like you to. Okay. She gave me that look. Uh, Mike Evans? Okay. And Paul and Gretel? Twelve. There's twelve. Apostolic number. Half circle. A half circle. While they're doing that, I want you to, to be honest. I want you to think about your personal life, your marriage, your family, your health, finances. If there is a complaint against the enemy that you'd like to bring before the Lord, I'd like to, I'm not going to have you do anything else but this. I'd like for you just to stand up. Okay, 
Friends, this, yeah, now some of you are still standing. Friends, this is the church. Now, I have a righteous indignation that rises up against me, against the enemy. And we're going to bring this before the Lord. But see, he already knows, but he wants us to get involved. We're just not waiting here to die, okay? Let me say it again. We're just not waiting here to die. We have something to do. And we, and we need to take care of these issues. And I understand there's this normal life, but many of these things, enough is enough. For that's a word that's coming out. Enough is enough. Okay, you may be seated. Joanne, I, I'd like to have you come here. She was so happy. Let's see, now do we have Stephen Doreen? Okay, and then Lester. Now, I know you were. Okay. Okay, yeah, we, I guess we don't have to worry about Jack. Jack's busy. So we have Doreen and Steve, and then we have the other two. So you two want to move over that way, and then we'll, we'll leave Jack by himself. Now, I'm going to have Joanne stand here, and... Um, because we're going to go into a heavenly place, and we want to have reporting of what's seen going on. And so, uh, between Joanne and I, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Between Joanne and I, we'll see there's something we want to relate to, to you as the people as we're dealing with this. Now, there's one other issue we need to deal with. And Joanne, would you come here? Joanne McFadden, would you come here and share with you, share with me uh, what you heard this afternoon. And this is part of what we need to bring before the Lord and the council. Well, uh, two nights ago, Mike Bickle in Kansas City, you know, with the 24-hour house of prayer, he had a um, visitation. And you need your Bible. he came... Uh, there was an there was uh, an angel, actually three different angels, and no, no, no. I'm sorry. It's one angel, and the angel brought his silver trumpet up to his mouth, and before he blew it, he took it down, and then he did it again, the same thing, and then he did it again. And at first, Mike said he was like touching him, you know, feeling himself, thinking it. Am I really seeing that? Is this actually happening? And he realized it was. And as he began to realize that this was really happening, he um, was just overcome in the experience. And because the silver trumpet means um, that's what was blown when it was judgment, when there was judgment coming, when something like that was coming in the Old Testament. And the angel did it three different times. And he he would take it up to his lips, but then he didn't blow, but then he would do it again. It was very, 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 very serious. And they're having a worship warfare conference there in Kansas City, and they just put aside everything they had planned, and they are in intercession, um, just repenting, wailing, you know, intercession there in Kansas City. 
because the first, when he came out of it, he said the first uh, trumpet he felt like was because of judgment coming to California. The second one was Washington, D.C., and the third one was New York City, and um, very, very shaken by it. And so they're there interceding and praying, and I know some of you might know Rick Riding. Um, his church is gathered together tonight in intercession because of that. And um, when we were in Lancaster a few weeks ago, I was with uh, White Dove Ministries and um, some others, and uh, Paul Keith had talked about the fact that William Brennan, you know William Brennan who had the healing healing revival, he actually had had an open vision of California underwater. And it was when his brother, the timing was when his brother was an old man, and his brother is in his 70s right now. He's between 70 and 80. Scripture, you know, says we have 70 years, 80 if we're blessed. That So there's just an immediacy about it. And then um, Kim Clement also has had the same thing. There's an urgency right now coming from major prophetic voices and seemingly the the first um, issue is California. Yeah, Patricia King we were with uh, last weekend and the last meal we had with her was not a pleasant experience. Not because of her, but she said her spirit was vexed because of California. And uh, we have an intercessor that... Uh, Lives in another state, and so I just called her and I said, "Tell me what you're getting in the spirit." And, and she said, "This." She said, "I am very troubled because the angels that have been guarding the fault line in California have moved away, and they're no longer protecting it." So this is one of the issues we want to bring before the Lord. The Lord says, "The word is this does not need to happen." Lord, we ask right now, as King of Kings. And Lord of Lords, as our, as our judge, Lord, that you will convene the council. And Lord, by faith, we ascend into the heavenly places where we are seated. And Lord, I ask now that you will call the meeting to order. And Father, right now, I'm here with your children. Lord, these are the ones that you have redeemed by your blood. These are the ones that you love and have predestinated from the very beginning of time that they should be a part of your son's church, his bride. And Lord, they're not doing well. The enemy has, has come and assaulted, badgered, beat up, stilled, murdered, ruined, discouraged, depressed, has brought insanity and hopelessness and dread and fear and anger and rage on these, your your children. And Lord, we issue this complaint against the enemy. We say, Lord, it's time, according to our opinion, that it's enough. For, Lord, we want to be a warring people that the world will look at and see that we are victorious 
Lord, your word says that because of the blessings that will come upon your people, the world will know that we belong to you. But Lord, that's not happening right now. Now Lord, we have set up a council here of those that are living now. And Lord, I just ask right now that you will, will speak to them, reveal to them your ways, your word, or what you would say to us during this time. We still need, we still need Lester and his wife. They're here, okay. Okay, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, and Jack and then me. Now, congregation, if you have, um, if you're seeing something, share that with Joanne. And counsel, I know this is very awkward, but I want us to be in the spirit, and I want us to listen. I, I can verify that we are now in the council. I, I can feel it, and we are present. So now we're just waiting for points of order to be determined as to what will be shared. And I believe that the Lord will give you scriptures, give you a prayer. Perhaps you have something to offer on the table. How can we not be moved by all the people who stood up? This is his church. These are the victorious ones that are being beat up. Does that not grieve us? If you are seeing anything or hearing anything out there, you can come and give it to Joanne. What are we receiving here? Father, 22s lately. In the scriptures, Ezekiel 22, verse 30, is a serious thing, and it's like where we are now in the nation, where we are in California. It's like Ezekiel 22.30, I looked for a man or mankind or someone who I've made, just one among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. It is in God's heart that he would not have to destroy the land. But I found none, so I will pour out my wrath. And he continues. But he, the hope that he wants to give, I believe the hope he wants to give, and Lord, we stand before you and ask for the hope. We have a room full of people that are standing right now in the gap. We place ourselves between heaven and earth, between heaven and the governor of California, between heaven and and the fault lines in California, and we stand in the gap. Those fault lines are gap lines. We place ourselves, Lord, we stand in the gap. And if the angels left, then we'll go in. And we'll stand there until they come back, Lord. Yes. 
That is our judgment because we say to you, Lord, would not the God of all the universe do what is right? If we stand in the gap like you've asked us to, then we're asking you, we're sort of in your face, Lord, and we say, would not the God of all the earth do what is right and preserve the land because we stand in the gap? Now, a very interesting thing has happened. This is a surprise. The Lord has summoned all the evil that's contended against you. It's now present in the room. And it's standing there and it's not happy being here. They're very restless. They're agitated, but they've come. So, Lord, we believe that you've issued a decree they come. Lord, if there's any that have refused to come... Lord, we would deal with everything in the generational line of every person here. Okay, now there's more coming. You feel it? They're being summoned. I feel like this is a night of breakthrough for us. They're still coming. They're filing in. They're coming in by the hordes. All those that have oppressed you. Um, my name's Dina, and um, I was told by the Lord to come here, um, and then Donna's and Paul's. Um, I was really questioning the Lord. I came from Boston. I'm only here for four days. It was a real pain in the neck for me to come. And I questioned the Lord quite a bit about why he was sending me here. Um, and I felt I spoke with Donna this morning, and there was a reason why I was sent here. And... Um, I'm a Messianic Jew. I'm in the process of making Aliyah, moving to Israel. Um, There are many prophetic voices out there in the last two weeks speaking about the correlation between what has happened in Gaza and what has happened with Hurricane Katrina. Um, There's a website that's very interesting called watch.org. The hurricane hit virtually days after... um, the Israeli people were forced to move out of land that was given to them by God in this book. The United States government was primarily involved along with the Arab nations in forcing Israel to leave their land that was given to them by God. Within days, the hurricane hit. There are unbelievable correlations between what has happened in New Orleans and what happened to the people of Israel, and on a massive scale, greater. If you look up this website, watch.org, you will see that catastrophes that happen to the United States happen at the same time that judgments and decisions are made to oppose God's land and his ordained land that he has given to the Jewish people. Unfortunately, our government is being pressured and pressured by the Arab countries to force Israel to give up their land. And um, in Genesis 12.3, uh, it says that, um, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed for you. The Hebrew word for curse is also neglect. If we neglect Israel, we will come under God's curse. 
and this country is now becoming divided. It's all throughout um, many places in the scripture. There is a plumb line being set for the nations. Who will be for Israel and who will be against Israel? And it's everywhere in this book that God will oppose those who oppose Israel. It is not going to be popular to stand with Israel because this is where the line is being drawn in the sand. And um, I want to read something from Joel. In those days and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, which is judgment. There I will enter into judgment against them concerning my inheritance, my people Israel, for they scattered my people among the nations and divided up my land. And there are places, many places, that talk about those who divide up the land of Israel will be judged by God. And so I believe that for us to pray for America, we also have to stand with Israel, and that that is going to be the plumb line of uh, God's judgment. Those who stand with Israel, he will bless. And those who turn against Israel, he will curse. And so I believe I was sent here from Boston to speak that word to this group of people because with all the blessings that God gives us, we must not forget his people. We must not forget his land. And the reason there is such a battle going on over Israel right now is because, as everyone knows, we are at the time of the end. What is going on? Why, why are things getting so stirred up? Because the Lord is planning to return. Where is he planning to return? Not to New York, not to London, but to Jerusalem, to the East Gate. It's in Zechariah. Why is there a battle to take back Jerusalem and put it back into Arab hands? Because the Lord is going to return only when his people say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In, in Matthew 24, he said, O Jerusalem, I will, you who have slain the prophets, I will not return until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Jewish people have to welcome the Lord Jesus back. But they can't welcome him back if they are not a nation. And so if we don't stand with Israel and allow them through prayer and through our support to remain a nation, the Lord cannot return. And that's part of the battle that's going on. It's not just against the United States. Israel and the United States are linked. And as we stand with Israel, we will be blessed. And as we turn against Israel or neglect Israel, curses will fall upon us. There is um, a lot of agitation down in the heavenly places. I, I think you can either, in prayer or quietly, speak your complaint against the enemy and bring it before the council and before the Lord. Just do that. Just start listing all of them. You might include in that that God's people, Israel, is not being defended. I, I can't tell you how excited I am about this because I'm so surprised the Lord actually summoned. I can, I can feel the enemy here. 
Actually, I don't want to to uh, to not respond to the cry of Israel. But before uh, she spoke that, as you began to speak of the uh, the hordes that were coming in, and uh, knowing that the devil doesn't always just confront us himself, but he's oftentimes working through people that have brought us pain. The Lord just began to speak to me that we're not going to get the freedom we need unless we operate in tremendous forgiveness right now. Uh, and uh, reminded me of the Matthew 18 passage where the Lord simply said, if you don't forgive, I'm not going to forgive you. And uh, I, I think we need to do a little bit of our forgiving. Now, I understand I'm not saying forgive the devil because uh, that would be sacrilege. But I do believe that we need to to forgive those who have hurt us because oftentimes we get mixed up in our mind and we're blaming the devil for everything. So we blame the devil for some things God did to us. And, uh, and we blame the devil sometimes for what other people did. So when the names come to your mind, as Paul started calling out the evil that was coming in here, some of you started seeing not the devil, but people that have hurt you and harmed you and brought you pain. And if you don't forgive those people, you're not going to get forgiven. So uh, in Jesus' name, I forgive you. Just just think of the person right now. Could And, <laughs> and I was a pastor for a long time. I know full well it could be your pastor right now that needs for you to forgive him or that you need to forgive. He doesn't even know right now. But some of you hold some anger toward your pastor or toward a, a family member or a spouse or a, uh, or a friend or someone, especially those in the body of Christ. I, I want you to let them go right now. You're not hurting them. You're hurting you. And so let them go. Let them go. Now, beyond that, we probably have to do something with Israel here. But I felt like I needed to do that first. I want to add one thing to that, and that is that when it comes to forgiveness, people often think, I can't forgive because I can't feel the forgiveness. And the Lord would say, what does that have to do with anything? You forgive as an act of faith. Even as the anger is with you and you see that thing, just say quietly, so, Lord, by faith, not because I feel it, I forgive that person. I forgive that person. If you wait to feel it, it'll probably never happen. So don't wait to feel it. I have never done this. Uh, I've never done it public like this twice, but a lot of times in prayer sessions. But there's not been at least one person who can tell us what they're seeing in the Spirit where we are. Is there anyone here who can see what is happening where we are? Okay, Linda. Uh, besides the array of um, the spiritual beings, the elders are like taking note of everything. It's very important. The mood in the heavenly realm is extremely serious, as if you were in court. Everything is still. The angels are still. They're not moving around. They're not doing things. It's like very solemn and very serious. I can confirm that. I, I believe with that in mind, even though we know the elders can hear you when you speak quietly, some of us don't believe they can. 
So I think that you need to state your complaints out loud. I think you need to stand up right now and state your complaints. Don't worry about who's listening. The elders, as, as Linda said, are taking notes. So just stand up and say it. Okay, I'm upset about this, this, and this, and just say it. Don't worry, nobody else is listening ex to you, except that in the heavenly realms it's going to get written down. So speak it right now. Come on, act like you're in Argentina. They would all speak at the same time there. Act like you're not here. Pretend you're not here tonight. You're some foreign country where this is normal. And then just everybody speak out loud at the same time. You sound way too calm. Get a little bit of spiritual agitation as you do this. The enemy is becoming more and more agitated and restless. Not on my watch. Not I hear the wailing of parents whose children are not walking with their Lord. The deep, deep cry of the heart, especially for those of you whose kids came in and seemingly have gone out. To you we give this word, Isaiah 49. Can the prey be taken from the mighty man? Can the captives of a tyrant be rescued? Surely, says the Lord. Surely, says the Lord. Can you say that? Surely, says the Lord. Surely, says the Lord. Even the captives of the mighty man will be taken away, and the prey of the tyrant will be rescued. Yes. For I will contend with the one who contends with you. And I will save your sons and daughters. Amen. Amen. I wanted to share with you that when you were speaking forgiveness, this demonic that has been summoned to this place was writhing in pain. So you continue to forgive and, and cause a little pain here. I know for those of you that are not sensing anything, you're wondering what is going on, I want to tell you that, that I believe the Lord is ready and willing and able to do an amazing deliverance on us that may surprise all of us. This, this is a kind of deliverance that is very unique. This is, a, this is an amazing night. I, I, I'm not trying to convince you, but I'll tell you that, that we are in the heavenly places and the enemy that has been coming against you is present and listening to this. And, and and they're before the King of Kings. They know who they're before. They're the, I mean, this is no surprise to them. The surprise is what you're doing. See, that's oh, that's good. The surprise is surprise to them is what you're doing. Do you want me to say what I'm seeing? Yes, please. Okay. Well, um, the elders have written down 
all the complaints, all the things that people have said on the paper with an emphasis on California and Israel underlined. And they've taken them and they've thrown them before the throne of the Lord. They've put them before the throne of the Lord. Uh, the Lord gave this to me two nights ago. I was awakened at three, uh, 3.31. And the Lord said it's in Isaiah. And it says in the NAS, Woe to you, O destroyer. I don't know if I can read this to him. Woe to you, O destroyer, while you were not destroyed, and he who is treacherous while others did not deal treacherously with him. As soon as you finish destroying, you will be destroyed. As soon as you cease to deal treacherously, others will deal treacherously with you. And I believe that's what's happening tonight. The Lord is tired of seeing His people destroyed. That's right. And He's tired of seeing the people rise up against the ones whom God has used to set them free. And so He's going to deal with it. Uh, 2001, I was in San Francisco. And I was very angry. I didn't want to be there. And I was looking out over the bay and I was fussing with the Lord about being there. I said, I've got plenty to do on the East Coast. And the Lord showed me a roll of fire that went from San Francisco all the way down to the end of California. And I saw the fire drop off into the ocean and a wave came up and the Lord said, it will infect the entire world. I said, Lord, is it a revival? He said, all you need to know is that you're coming back. I said, well, if I come back, it'll be you. Well, look where I'm standing. <laughs> the Lord picked me up in a dream and He put my right foot in California. He didn't send me here to walk on nothing. That's right. So I declare what the Lord has said. Rich, go When... Uh... When Paul and the intercessors were sensing earlier tonight all of the uh, activity that was going on, I was sitting there feeling very neutral because I know Paul senses these things and I don't. It just, it, I have other gifts and other anointings, but that's not one of them. In fact, I was reminded of one night, late at night in my hotel room, Paul came and knocked on my door. I think he had a couple people with him. And I said, what's going on? They said, we got to come and clean up your room. I said, what's wrong with my room? I said, just let us come in, and they came in and, you know, swept through the room and did this, that, and the other thing, and said, okay, you're all right now. I said, well, thank you, but I, I felt fine before, because I, I didn't notice anything. And so I said, so what would have happened if you wouldn't have come? We said, we don't know, but you'd have, you'd have probably gotten sick or something. I don't know, we just we took care of it so it won't happen. And I, I said, well, thank God you've got the discernment, because I didn't. Now, tonight, some of us didn't have any discernment. Amen? Are, are they the only one that didn't have? Okay. Some of you that didn't either, you said, what's going on? Felt fine to me. Let's just worship and go on. But had we not, had we done that, something would have messed up. However, I do get another discernment. And that's when we get into these things. I get pain in my body where, where something is going to happen. And I just, as we're standing here, I got a pain in my lower back. And I said, Lord, what is it? He said, you've got to tell the people to tell their friends, I've got your back. You just got to say to your friends, hey, I got your back. It's okay. That, that some of you are thinking you're going to walk out here and you got to have somebody that says, I've got your back. I've got your back. So just don't say it to a stranger that you will never do this with. But if you're with a friend, 
Say to them right now, hey, I got your back. You're going to be all right. I got your back. I got your back. You're, the devil's going to try, but I got your back. We're, we're going to walk through this together, and I've got your back. So when you think you're alone, don't worry. I got your back. Are you with me? Yes. Okay. Do you all have anything? I want to say one yes. thing about that. To mention about the de- demonic, we're, we're, we're writhing. Was yes. that you? And then, oh. and then uh, she did. She did over here. Um, jo- Joanne. 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 Wherever she went. Um, in my early, in, oh, she's got your back. In my early Christian years, I was such a good Christian that I didn't want the devil to suffer. I mean, after all, Christians shouldn't want anybody to be in pain. And lately, I've been getting angrier and angrier and angrier at what the enemy has been doing. And I remembered that the scripture actually says that their hell is prepared for the devil and his angels, the lake of fire where it burns with torment day and night. And I'm saying, Lord, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today now. <laughs> so, so now I'm saying, Lord, these enemies are bugging me. Make them pay. Every time they come against me, make them pay. Make them suffer. If you want to call it torture, torture my demons. You do what you want, but, but make them pay. Make them writhe. Every time they try and do something against my family, my kids, my, my ministry, my, make them suffer dearly. Make it cost them every time they come against me so they go, I don't want to touch this guy or his family. Okay? It's okay to cause the devil, because there, there's a lake of fire already prepared. Let's just get this thing going, you know, stoke this thing up. So. Um, first John 3, 8, um, this is an amplified. I just wanted to read this. It says, the reason the Son of God was made manifest or visible oh. was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. That's good. That was really good. I want to remind you that this is a, a court of law. That's right. And you are bailiffs. Now, what's the bailiff's job? To take the prisoner to jail. Take the prisoner to jail. Joanne, I did not like that when you said that. Good. So you were right on. Um. Lately, I've been spending a lot of time in the Word, and uh, one psalm that I've been reading quite a lot here lately has been Psalm 53. Thank you. And uh, it says, uh, this is now, this is David. He says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. God looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there are any who understand. Any who seek God, everyone has turned away. They have altogether become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Will the evildoers never learn? Those who devour my people as men eat bread and who do not call on God. There they were, overwhelmed with dread, where there was nothing to dread. God scattered the bones of those who attacked you. You put them to shame, for God despised them. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When God restores the fortunes of his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Um, I, I kind of find that very interesting because 
uh, in the Bible, when it talks about Israel, it usually refers to the church, us, we the people. And I'm thinking also that salvation is coming out of Zion. Well, for us, that means that Jesus is coming out of Zion. And that's exactly uh, where he came from. But it also, he's coming back. And I, I think it's very interesting, too, that uh, I was born in 1952. And uh, the number of this psalm is uh, 53. And in Jewish tradition, uh, people, uh, if you want to pray for somebody, you have something very important that you want to say a prayer for one of your close friends, you read the psalm that's one year that's older than what the person's uh, year is. So actually, because I'm 53, no. for myself, if I want to get blessed or someone wanted to bless me, they would read Psalm 54 for me. Uh, but I, I just thought that was very interesting, uh, uh, that there's no one. God's looking down, or, you know, he can't find anyone. But yet, I believe that there is the people that are set aside, that are holy, and do love him and are doing what they're called to do. Lord Jesus, we now ask that you will consider our cases and render judgment. Yeah. So, Linda, I want you to tell me when the Lord is ready to issue the judgment. Okay, I think we can stand now because you stand. Lord, you now speak to someone in the council about the judgment that is being rendered. Lord, what judgment are you rendering? Maybe you, do you have it? I can only tell you what I see. You know, what I don't have the words. Um, just the enemy is completely surrounded by the angels. They're warrior angels. And they have like their swords and their stuff, and they're just like cornered, pointing at them. And they've all been like encircled. So it's like they're waiting for the word. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I have a final appeal from this company of your people. Many of us have lived Psalms 27. Many of us have stood upon the verses of Psalms 27. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. Oh. For false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And Lord, I say, I am tired of waiting. We are tired of waiting. 
My heart is broken when I see these people here, Lord. I see Karen over there who suffered so greatly. I see Anne who has been under attack. I see your people who are hurting, who are crying. Lord Jesus, we are tired of waiting. Please now, my Lord God, render your verdict and stomp on our enemy. Yes, Lord. Okay, the Lord has just issued a decree, and the decree is begun. This morning I gave you a word about being a warrior and bride of Christ, dearly beloved children of God, warriors of God. When the enemy comes to you and says, may I have your power, may I have your authority, may I devour you. Speak in the name of the Lord right now. What are you going to say? No! The Lord is causing a deliverance to happen with you right now. Here it comes. The Lord is removing the enemy. He has said, be gone. There it goes. There's war. Warfare going. It's the warfare is just the hauling out of the trash. Okay, tell us what you're seeing. The, the darkness is being sucked out. It's like something is grabbing them and sucking them out of the room. It's violent. It's a violent act. Okay, the power of God is coming on us. Let's receive it. power of God is coming. Here it comes. Oh. John chapter 8, I think it's verse 46, but it says that uh, the devil is a liar, and him, and in him there is no truth, and then it says, and he cannot stand in the truth. That's right. God says the devil cannot stand in the truth. Look down at your feet and put a circle around your feet, and look down at that feet and that you down at that circle and put truth in it right now. And, and state some truth. The truth is, I am the beloved of God. The truth is, I am forgiven. The truth is, the blood of Jesus has brought me forgiveness. The truth is, I am victorious. The truth is, come on, have you got truth there? Put truth in your circle. The truth is that God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All right, now, have you got your truth? Are you standing in your truth? Where is the devil? He's outside of the truth. He, I know only this, he's not in my circle. So make your circle bigger right now. Just, just say, okay, my circle just enlarged. Now, come on, get this circle to cover this room. We need to make sure we're going to cover this room with truth. Because the Bible says the devil cannot stand in truth. And if I'm standing in truth, he's not going to stand there with me. Now I'm going to get truth around my life. Is the truth big enough for this room? Yeah. Is the truth big enough for your, for your family? Is the truth big enough for your city? Is the truth big enough for your church? <laughs> and your business? 
So we declare tonight, Lord God, we are standing in the truth. And your word says, the devil who is a liar cannot stand in truth. So when I stand in truth, he does not stand with me. Thank you, Lord. I see some of you are making a circle around this room. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to cover this room with truth. Thank you, Jesus. Several different people have given me the same word. I want you to listen to this. This is the good part. That part is good, but this is this is really good. You see, there can be judgment, but there's something else that happens after judgment, and that is retribution. In Proverbs it says, we have the right to exact from the thief a sevenfold return as retribution. So why don't you claim that right now? Say, I claim a sevenfold return as retribution against what the enemy has done to me. Okay, Joanne, if you just want to come to the keyboard, we're, we're still going through a deliverance here, and I don't want to uh, stop that. We're just going to wait before the Lord. Okay, are you aware of the deliverance that's taking place? I can feel it. Are you feeling it? It's like there's, it's like rising off of you. This is really astounding. It's incredible dis- deliverance going on right now. Two days ago, uh, God began to give me a word. And uh, I knew it was for us, but I wasn't for sure when. Uh, and now's the time. Part of what um, this process is, is restoration. And part of that restoration is dependent on what we do when we leave here. What we take with us when we go out of here. If there is truly going to be a conquering If we are truly going to be warriors, we have to go out of here with the boldness of warriors. The Lord said to me, this is what I want you to tell them. And this is going to be very costly. If you want it. You say to him, God, I want boldness now. But here, wait, wait, wait. No, no, that, it's not just that easy. No, no. Because we got real specific. He said, I don't want you to do it. He said, the, what's going to happen is everybody's going to say it because everybody else is saying it. Okay? It's going to be a group thing. He said, every one of you decide at what point you're going to say, God, I want boldness now. And this is how he wants you to say it. God! I want boldness now! So when you're ready to say that, and to step in that, and to walk in that, and to live that, you do it. But don't do it till you're ready. 
He said, make it very clear, it will change your life. That's what he told me. It's a good word. This is a power encounter, beloved. There are two strong men in this room that are trying to hold you back, and they will if you let them. One is a strong man of unbelief. The other is a strong man of fear. They work together. They're like Siamese twins. Did you get that? They're like Siamese twins. Now, there's unbelief in me for saying this to you because I saw it in a vision and I'm wondering if God really said that to me. There's unbelief in you as you hear me say that because you're looking at what can an old guy like that do anyway? (laughs) And there's fear in both of us same way in you and in us. But this is what the Lord has said that If we come against that strong man of unbelief, and if we come against the strong man of fear, and take advantage of the deliverance that God is providing here, that Paul has been seeing, then you're going to be free to receive your healing, to minister healing, to believe that the strong man devouring spirit of cancer will not devour the body of Christ. Yes. Because he is here. Thank you. And we are being delivered from him if we stand. So in Jesus' name and faith, that what he says to us in the spirit, he will do here and now on this earth. I command you, strong man of unbelief, to be silent. Take your hands off of God's people. In fact, I command you to stand at attention and be still until you are released or until Jesus comes. And spirit of fear, I bind your mouth and your hands. And I take the special saber that has been put in my hand to cut all of the bondage of God's people of fear that you have laid on them. I break every chain, every cable, every rope that you have tied them with. And I cut them free and you no longer will lay fear on them. When the word first came before uh, about all the prophets across the country seeing these things, 
The first thing that came to my mind was, well, God never does anything without telling His prophets. And when the prophets are told and then the prophets give the prophecy, then it's a decision, because they're like the watchman, right, Paul? When they come and they tell. And then it's the job of the kings and the leaders to spread the word. What came to my mind was uh, when the three angels, I think it was, came to, was it Abraham? And said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, he was telling the prophet. And then the prophet went out and he ran the lot and sent his word. And, you know, and they did the, oh, the whole negotiation thing. And I think that was in a, a court. <laughs> it must have been a court. You know, where else do you negotiate the hand of God? And uh, so he got down to ten. And then when the judgment was rendered tonight, I'm going, oh, that's why I saw that. And I almost came up earlier and kept, it was like at bay. I was held at bay. And that's what happened tonight. That the prophets gave the word. The kings issued the proclamation. The court was set up. And ten righteous were found. That's what my sense was that from that seeing that. We have done um, three of these conferences, two of the healing and this one. And I really felt in my spirit that, um, that I was to pray for you if, if you so desire for an impartation. And this is not about me. Um, frankly, this is very exhausting though a lot of fun. <laughs> But I feel like that that we need to end with a release of God's power. And again, this is not about me. In fact, I ask others to be involved too in praying, especially those of you who are up here. If I had time, we go over all the scriptures about power. You see, this is not about talk, it's about power. We need to be empowered. And we're going to ask Joanne, just lead us.